Now, one of the things that, w that often uh, is not realized when we think about um, our Muslim friends, uh, this is especially, a tr especially true um, with those um, uh, who are interacting with our Muslim friends abroad, um, but this is often, often, more often than I've realized, um, true even with our Muslim friends in North America, which is um, many times our Muslim friends are, are uh, walking in a worldview of folk religion. That is to say that while, non, while, while on, on an official level um, they have faith in one God um, and, and, and the basically pillars of both faith and practice that Muslims are required, they, they're often re in, reinterpreted um, in ways that reflect folk religion and often reflect a fear, often reflect a, a felt need to protect themselves, their business, their family members, especially their children, from the influence of, of evil forces or evil spirits. Now, now, this idea of folk religion is hardly unique to Islam. There are, uh, in addition to folk Islam or folk Muslims, there are folk Christians, folk Jews, folk Hindus, folk Buddhists. Um, this, is a, this is a worldwide phenomenon that spills over um, the boundaries of kind of larger world faiths. But when we're interacting with our Muslim friends, um, oftentimes, it's good if we have an eye out for um, and are thinking in terms of how to present Jesus not only as the one through whom God grants us forgiveness of sin, but also as the one who can deliver us from fear, deliver us from the powers of darkness, deliver us from the powers of evil. Um, one of the key fears um, one of the key fears that uh, many, again, this is not limited by any means to Muslims, um, but many people in the Middle East, in South Asia, is the fear of people's jealous looks, what is often referred to as the evil eye. Um, and we find uh, there are different kinds of charms, different kinds of gestures, just different kinds of rituals that are meant to uh, protect people against the evil eye. So in India, for example, I've, uh, oftentimes we, see, we will see um, uh, an old sandal or shoe hanging from the back of somebody's truck. That's meant to protect that truck from the evil eye. The, the jealous eye is attracted, uh, ends up looking at this old shoe and they're not, they're not attracted or jealous to the, of the truck or the vehicle, that sort of thing. Um, but when we interact with our Muslim friends, if we can look for ways to demonstrate the reality that Jesus is the one who protects us and protects our families and protects our belongings. I'll give you a good example of this, um, a story I kind of enjoy telling. Um, a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to visit the Holy Land and uh, had some great time interacting with Jewish people, Christian people, Muslim people. Um, when I was uh, leaving, I, was, uh, I took a taxi back to Jordan, and um, when I was uh, in the taxi, where the taxi driver was a, was a Palestinian man, and I noticed that um, hanging from his keychain was a hand. And that hand is uh, actually often referred to as a khamsa, that is a five. It is uh, basically meant, is, it is throughout the Middle East and the Mediterranean, in fact, not just among Muslims, but among many Christians and Jews, it is regarded as a, as a protective charm against the evil eye. Well, um, as I began to interact with my friend, the taxi driver, I, I, I decided to ask him, so, so what is that hanging from your keychain? And initially, 
um, he's, he's thinking I'm this rationalistic Westerner. So he, he said, well, I don't know. It's, it's not even my car. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's outrageous that people should have such a thing hanging from their keychain. It's ridiculous. And I said, well, you know, I, I, I can understand in a way, I said, kind of leading the conversation. I said, because, because on the one hand, um, for us, it's perhaps forbidden to have such charms. That's right. It's completely forbidden, he said. I said, because, because, um, because we should be trusting God for our protection and, and not symbols such as these. Um, I said, uh, but at the same time, I can understand why somebody would have something like that because, after all, we know that the spiritual world is real and that there are real forces that are dangerous out there. And immediately the conversation, conversation turned 180 degrees. And he said, he said, that's right. And no one can tell me otherwise because I've seen things. Oh. So suddenly we're on the, uh, not quite the same, but a similar page. And so I said, I said well, you know, um, in, in South Asia, where, where uh, my family and I lived, um, uh, we have, a, we have our, our son, a little boy, that time. And uh, some people will ask us, well, why don't you put a mark on his face to protect him or put him in old clothes to protect him from, from the, the eye, from people's jealous looks? That can be dangerous. And now, now if, I could, if I responded by saying, well, that's ridiculous. Don't be silly. That's just stupid. Well, then he would write off anything else I have to say about spiritual reality because he would know that I... I'm a materialistic Westerner and don't understand. But, um, but that's not how I responded. Um, I responded by saying, well, what, I'll tell you what we do to protect our son. I said, every day before he goes to school, I lay my hand on his head and I ask God to protect him, to cover him with the blood of Jesus and surround him with his holy angels and protect him from anyone's jealousy or ill intents. I said, from that day till this, God has protected our son. And, and, and he took that really to heart. And it opened the door for me to share more of the gospel. Oftentimes, when we think about sharing the gospel, again, with Muslims or with anybody, we think primarily in terms of, you know, kind of a Roman's road, sharing about how we're sinners in need of forgiveness. And this is, these things are true, but the truth of the matter is, is where a lot of these people live in their hearts is in that place of fear of the spiritual world. The, the, in Colossians 2, verse 14, it talks about our, our forgiveness and, and the debt being canceled in the blood of Christ and the cross. But then it goes on to verse 15, where it talks about how Jesus made a public spectacle of the powers of darkness. So, so when we share, sometimes it's good to, to focus a bit more about on, on God's victory in Christ over the powers of darkness and use that as, as a bit of a starting place. Um, that they can see that they too, in, if, as they approach God in Christ, um, can receive protection as well as forgiveness of sins. Again, it's, it's uh, one of many pieces that can be helpful for our witness.